welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. My son, they've run out of wine. Mother, my time has not yet come. If not now, when? Father. It has begun. What has? Miracles. Signs and wonders. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You have experienced a miracle, Mary. I saw him. It was incredible. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The man has a following. He's a rogue who answers to no one. You asked me before if I knew his name. Now everyone knows his name. And I fear for his safety. Throw this down for a catch. Do you think that impossible things can happen? That overturn the laws of nature? (laughs) That cannot be explained. Rise. son of Alpheus. Yes. This is different. Get used to different. My whole life I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, Nicodemus, and you'll see more. God loves the world in this way. He gave his only son. I'm going to tell everyone. (laughs) I was counting on it. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? Let's go. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. What you've just seen is the official trailer for the series, The Chosen. And I'm so excited because it's the largest uh, crowdfunded uh, show about Jesus 
ever in the history of the world. And it's what we're going to take a look at in our four-part series right now. We're going to take a look at The Chosen. And uh, their goal is to try to show the world the authentic Jesus and to help people to know and love Jesus more. And uh, I think they're doing a great job. And their goal is to get this out to a billion people on planet Earth. And right now, so far, 340 million views have happened of the Jesus, uh, the chosen. And I, I just, I love this absolutely. And Becca and I are in that. I just want you to know, we have started to watch it and we were late to it. Everybody kept saying how amazing the chosen is, how amazing, how amazing, amazing. You gotta watch this. And I kept thinking, I don't wanna be let down. I don't want, I've, I've seen too many, you know, cheesy Christian movies where you're like, almost like lip, bad lip syncing or something, you know, you're like, oh no, you know, and, and this one here, we started to watch it. And as soon as we watch it, we're like, watch it again, watch it again. And we binge watched it and went right through season one. And when I saw, I said, we have to show this to the church and I couldn't recommend it anymore to you for you to be able to watch it. There's actually uh, two seasons that are out. We're only going to focus on season one and only four episodes. And then they're uh, producing the third and they're raising money for the fourth. This is quite a deal. I'm so excited about this. I'm excited for you to watch it. And I want you to know that um, you can download the Chosen app and put it on your phone. It, it's, it works seamlessly. It, you can airplay it right to your TV. That's what Beck and I did. And uh, if you don't know airplay, I'll just talk to your grandkids and they'll, they'll work it for you. And they'll get it on there for you, all right? You can also buy the DVD. You can do it that way too. But, uh, and we don't make anything on this. We, we are probably going to give some towards this through Kingdom Builders and say, keep reaching the lost with this. Um, so I, we're, just, we're just excited about another tool that just works so well. And, and I, I, I found myself, Beck and I, we just found ourselves saying like, we love Jesus more. We love Jesus more. And you're going to just enjoy this. So... Um, Today, we're going to look at Mary Magdalene. So from one of the episodes, actually the first episode, uh, Mary Magdalene is uh, introduced. And I do just have to tell you, you know, like I, I remember I went in with low expectations and, and the first episode is moving slower, 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 lots of character development. So those of you that are like, I, we took Pastor Rob's word on this, you know, lots of character development. And then after that, it just goes into hyperspeed. All right. But lots of character development. And she's one of those uh, characters that they develop. And she's known as Mary Magdalene or Mary from Magdala. And uh, I'm so glad that uh, the Bible gives her that name so we know who Jesus is talking. Have you noticed there's a lot of Marys in the Bible? Have you noticed that? His mom, Mary, and then Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Then there's Mary, wife of Clopas. And then there's Mary of Megdala. I mean, we got a lot of Marys, so I'm glad that we know which one is her and what we're talking about. And by the way, if you go on Global Team Israel or Global Experience Israel, uh, you'll actually go to the synagogue in the town of Magdala, like right there by Capernaum, uh, just down the road, right around the corner is, uh, you know, Magdala. And, and there's the, the synagogue is right there. They've, they've unearthed the synagogue that would be back in the day. I mean, so it's right there. And so this is the lady that we're talking about. Now, we read about her in Luke chapter eight. And if I could say this as well, we're doing our soap reading. And remember last week I said, you know, Luke's a great place to start. Hopefully you read this and saw this in Luke chapter eight. And uh, we know this about Mary uh, Magdalene or Mary from Magdala. We know this, that she was delivered of seven demons. I want you to hold that thought and catch something else about her as I read this from Luke chapter eight. 
Um, it says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to the other, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, the 12 disciples. And also some women who had been cured from evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, there she is, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, which side note, stop for a second there, like Herod's household manager, his wife is following Jesus. And some even speculate that she was like intel for him, like, Jesus, don't go to that town. Herod's waiting for you. My husband told me. You know, so isn't that kind of cool? Jesus had intel going on. But anyways, uh, and then it says, uh, Susanna and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. That means these ladies, give me a little latitude here. These ladies were the first kingdom builders right here, right here, right here. I mean, we're not talking about tithes. We're talking about supporting the advancement and the spreading of the kingdom of God. And so right there, the, the, the ladies were doing it and advancing the cause of Christ and spending that money. So it's beautiful. So we know this about her. So from that first thing, that she was a kingdom builder. All right, number one. Number two, uh, we know that she was so devoted. She became a devoted follower of Jesus. She's mentioned more than any other woman that followed Jesus. I mean, they're talking about Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. She is talked about over and over and over again. She listened to his teachings and followed him. And again, um, this is like total spoiler alert, but in, in, the, in the Chosen, you'll see she's following him with his disciples. And you're kind of like, wait a minute. You know, what is she doing in there? No, it, it was not uncommon for men and women to follow rabbis and want to listen to the teaching. And of course, as we read, Jesus started with the 12, and then it says he got to the 72, and he kept adding people, and then sometimes he would preach hard things, and then he'd subtract from people, but she was a devoted follower. One preacher said, Jesus became her teacher, and the apostles became her friends. Those are pretty good friends to have, you know? And so she was devoted, she was forgiven much, so she loved much, she was set free. And, and I, I just got to say this, I love when people are set free from things like strong chains. Now, we all need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are all bound by sin. But how many know that there are like chains you can see that start wrecking people's life externally, drugs, alcohol, other, you know, they're like chains that are on them. And she had like this demonic possession. She was so held bound by chains. But let me, again, pause that for a moment. I love when people are set free from what the world says is strong chains. There's no strong chains to Jesus. He's like, I break them all. But we see them and we're in awe. Like one day we had a staff meeting and we had all of our staff here and we were saying like, if you've been set free, just we need to share this and give the glory to God and and and. Tell the church, the staff, like, how set free you were. And, and one of the sweetest ladies on our team, like, sweetest ladies on our team, and I won't say her name, but sweetest lady, she gets up and she says, I just want you to know, I walked away from God, I was in rebellion, and I got into drugs. And I'm like, no. And she goes, I was with a drug dealer. I'm like, no way. And she's like, I was doing cocaine and LSD. I'm like, no way. And she's like, and then God set me free. I'm like, you would never know it. If she said, I wrote the Betty Crocker cookbook, you believe that over then like, like I was LSD crack, but chains, chains were on. And, and can I just say this? If you're a testimony of God's grace, all of us had chains, but some of us had chains that the world, like those are tough chains. There's no tough chains, but we see those. Please 
share the testimony. You live so different, we would never believe it. Like, we, you would never believe it. Like, share the testimony of who you were and how God set you free and has changed you now. So, but Mary, go back to her. She's a testimony of God's power. I mean, she is just a devoted follower and a testimony of God's power. She's also more faithful than the men. More faithful than the men. When Jesus was crucified, Mary Magdalene was there. The other guys, if you know the story, the, the, the disciples, they're running away. And, and, and they're, they're, but here she is in John 19. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Like there she is right there. The others are deserting. They're watching from a distance. I mean, all this, I mean, think about this. Peter is just about ready to deny Jesus or has done it. He has just denied him. Peter has just denied him. And, and Mary is right there. So Peter's off like crying because he's denied him. And Mary's right there front and center. They could have been like, are you one? And she's like right there. And it's interesting. Sometimes the people that say it the strongest, like I'll never, I'll never leave you. They, they run away. And it's the silent type, the silent type that's steady. And by the way, just thank you for all the people in our church that are the silent, steady type. No, you're not sounding any trumpets off like, I'm here, but you're faithful. And you show up on time or early, and you're there, and we can count on you. And you have that same spirit like Mary Magdalene. Like, you're, you're there when others are gone. You know, snowstorm's coming, you're here, you know. It's just like, you're there. Thank you for the people that are there. Another thing we know that she was the first one um, at the resurrection. We know this, that she's there, and in John chapter 20, we read this. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So think about that. She's like, first up in the morning, goes to find him. We don't know. Where. She's telling the disciples, he's not there. Okay. And then continuing in verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. Like, think about it. She still doesn't know he's risen, you know? At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell, him, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabban, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. It's amazing. All four gospels record this. And, the, and Mary is known, Mary Magdalene is known as the first evangelist, first preacher. He's risen. Who gets the privilege of doing that? Mary Magdalene. She's the one known as the first evangelist. Some of you even said like the apostle to the apostles. Like she's telling them she was a sent one to the apostles. Hey, he's risen. It's an amazing thing. And even in that text, I just in awe of this, like when he called her by name. I don't know about you, but like if you ever like have any brush with anybody that's, that's 
any bit famous at all, when they know your name, doesn't it feel good? You're kind of like, I told you I knew them, you know? Yeah. I remember we were at the state fair and this was like um, right after uh, Kirk Cousins had spoke at the church and did that, we were at the state fair and, and we're just with our family and Kirk Cousins goes walking by and he was Karen Cooper and hardly anybody, because he had just grown the beard, nobody knew him and he was new to Minnesota still. And when he walks by our family, um, Mac goes, she goes, that was, that was Kirk Cousins. And we're like, it was? So Logan runs back and goes, hey, Kirk, Kirk. And he taps her on the shoulder and Kirk turns around and goes, hey, Logan. And, and then he starts talking to our family. And after he leaves, Logan's like, he knew my name. <laughs> he said my name. He said my name. Like, he said my name. You know, it was like, he said my name. You know, so there's something about when somebody knows your name. And Jesus says, Mary, he calls her by name. He knew her by name. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And she was a long way from evangelist when he found her. And I want to go back to this. I don't want to brush over this. She had seven demons. She had demon possession. Demons were inside of her. And you're like, wow, uh, okay, we're going to talk about, we're going to go there, Pastor Rob? Yeah, we're going to go there. All right, we're going to go there. Now you say, we don't see much of that here. Um, you know, and, and you're right. You're right. We don't see a lot of that here. And I've noticed this, more often you see demonic possession where there's false God worship, where there's ancestral worship, and where there's witchcraft. And so because those three things, like America is really not known for false God worship and ancestral worship and witchcraft, we don't see it nearly as much. It seems like the demonic has left Americans to be bound by our greed, our lust, our addictions, and our rebellion. It's almost as if the enemy's saying, America's doing a pretty good job with those things. We don't need to worry about the other stuff. And I'm just letting you know. Now, now, if you travel to Portland, inner city, you go to New Orleans, inner city, um, you go to many of our inner city, you will find demonic, you will find it. I'm just gonna tell you, I was in Portland and I could feel it. I said, something is like, something's wrong. And it, I mean, it literally, I could feel an evil presence. And I said something, like we were right downtown Portland. And, and I said, and I looked, I said, that guy walking towards us right now is demon possessed, right there. And I said it to our grief. And as soon as I pointed at him, he was probably about 100 feet away. He screamed out in Portland. And then he started yelling, kill the Christians, kill the Christians. And he was running down the streets, running away. I said, that guy right there, I could see him right there from 100 feet away. You, so it, it's, it's still here, and I don't want to elaborate too much, but they're, 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 I, I've seen demonic possession even of people in Apple Valley. I've been a part of praying over deliverance of people. So we don't see it as much because we just are, are I guess we're easy prey with the sins of our nation that we're already just distracted by and destroying our lives with. Now, back to Mary of Magdala, or Mag, Magdalene. Um, she has seven demons, and um, she represents really in this series like the bound, those that are struggling, those that have heavy burdens, those that have lost all hope. And we don't know how she got there. The, the, the chosen gives a possible scenario how she was abused, and then it led to a life that derailed her. And many times a, 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 a terrible event leads to a downward spiral a loss of a family member, a, a, a harm that comes to you, and it leads to a downward spiral that the enemy is allowed to attack. And, and I just want to pause for a moment. If that's you, you can be set free. 
You are not what that problem was. You are not what that abuse was. You are not what that violation was. You are not that. You didn't do anything wrong. It it attacked you, and then you opened up a door over here, and you can be set free. You can be set free. And what's, what's so sad is that people, once they have this, they latch on to drugs and alcohol and and, and, and the, the pain of the event leads them to try to find healing. Do you, do you realize that? I believe people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol, they're just trying to find healing. That's what, they're just trying to find healing. There's, there's pain, and they're like, I gotta numb the pain, I wanna heal the pain, and the pain w- will not be healed in the cup or the needle or the smoke. It, it will not be healed up there. The only thing that heals you is when you come to Jesus and, and he, he heals the pain, he forgives the pain, he makes you new in him. And so uh, people know this. I mean, there are people in our church that you're, you're tormented on the outside. You're still living, and I, I cannot say it enough, we want you to go to freedom, where you can find freedom from these things. You're, I'm not saying people are possessed. I'm saying like they're oppressed. And there's things that are like latched onto your shoulders spiritually, and you need to be set free. There needs to be, you can come for prayer at the end of the service and say, I feel this on me. I want this off of me in Jesus' name. But she's even deeper. Like she's, it's not on the outside. I mean, can you imagine like people in our church can identify with like, it's on my outside. I can't sleep and my thoughts and this. I mean, can you imagine something gets on the inside? Gets on the inside. She has seven demons inside, and, and it, it, it's controlling. It's, de, it's destroying her. And I've noticed this, that, that those that in, in the Bible times and those that I've seen around the world and in and, and, and places I've seen this, the supernatural, that they, they start to destroy. They start to destroy the, it, it, because the, the evil is not there to help you. It destroys in, in Mark chapter 5, I won't read the, the text, but um, in Mark chapter 5, we have the, the guy by uh, the, the name we know him as Legion, you know? Like he had so many um, demons in him, it was like Legion. There were so many. And the Bible says that he ran around without any clothes, that he often cut himself, and that he screamed, and he lived in the cemetery area. There's something like self-harm destructive, but I want to focus on this self-harm destruction story in Mark chapter 9. This is a father with a son, and the son has got a, a demonic possession going on, and the father wants deliverance for his son. And so in Mark chapter 9, verse 22, this man is talking to Jesus, and he says, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. You know, there's something about when people are bound for so long that you're like, you're living this conflicted, like, I believe, but oh, we've tried so much. There's this unbelief that's so strong fighting against the belief. And he's like, I do believe, I do believe. And it says, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Wow, wow. And I just wanna say that Jesus speaks to your ifs. If you can, he's like, if, if I can, I can. I just, I feel it so strong. 
There's people in our church right now and watching online. You need to hear this. You've been saying, if you can, if you can. He said, if I can, I can. I will overcome your if. I have the power to set you free. You got to grab hold of that. Now, if you're under a cloud, if you're under darkness, if you're in self-harm, if you think you're a lost cause, I, I really need you to, to find the freedom in Christ. Come forward. And, and there, there's just something that I don't want to, I don't want to say that if you're in, involved in self-harm, I don't want to say you're possessed, but I want to say there is an oppression on self-harm. There is something that is on self-harm that is trying to destroy you, and, and the Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so if you, matter of fact, I just feel this. If there's parents that your child is involved in self-harm and they're not with you, would you please go at the end of the service and intercede for them? If you have a friend that is involved in self-harm, have the courage to get them to help. There is something, they're not going to get help with just a little note in a notebook. There's help coming from the power of Jesus Christ to set people free that are involved in this self-harm. And I want to say this. Jesus found Mary Magdalene. He found her, and he'll find you. She wasn't looking for him. He found her, and I believe this, he will find you, and he's still setting captives free. And I, I just want you to know, right now, you can be set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to go to this scene in the uh, season one, episode one of The Chosen, and I want to set it up because the being set free was so powerful, so beautiful. Um, there were some religious leaders that had tried to uh, exercise or cast out the demons out of Mary Magdalene. It's in the episode. And they go there, and they, they know they don't have the power, and they, they shout and they scream. And I will say this, sometimes when you're dealing supernatural or demonic, people will shout. Many times it's just adrenaline because you're like, I have never been a part of this before. And there's just something that it just, so, okay, well, these guys are shouting and trying to work it up, and it doesn't work. And the, the thing that's so beautiful is that Jesus comes in and talks to her, and he he just says words. He doesn't scream. He doesn't shake her head. And I, I just think it's so beautiful the way they depict this. But Mary is going by a new self-claimed identity, which, I mean, I think about that too. Like, she's left her given name, and she's going in this clip by the name of Lily. She's going by Lily. She's possessed and tormented. The religious leaders have tried. She's in like a pub or a local restaurant, but it's more of a pub than a bar, but they are serving up alcohol, and it's, it's like a pub, think more Europe, and she's in this pub, and the bartender is asking her, did it work? And then Jesus, and then Jesus shows up, and he calls her by name. So, did it work? I'm sorry, Lilith. Elias? What? We should talk, huh? Leave me alone. Oh, what, huh? It's going to scratch me, too. Oh, come on. Not now. So, see. Not now. She smells anyway. 
I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from no them. No more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I'm says the Lord who created you and he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You Thank <laughs> you. 